0: Just between, Just between us, us. Hey.
1: Just between us hey. Hello, I am Allison Raskin I am a writer, director, and youngest daughter to Ruth and Ken <laughs> Hi,
2: I'm Gabby Dunn I'm a writer, bicon, and I am the middle daughter Middle child To, oh, oh, to K- Mark and Karen There we
1: go Thank you for joining us on Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty. Female friendship. And completely unsolicited advice. Everyone's top three things.
2: Boom. You know what? Give it a few more seconds.
1: Let us savor it. The music? Yeah, the music. I fucking love this music. Oh, it's great. Thank you to Brendan Burns for making it. Brendan and Brandon is like one of my greatest fears. Yeah, there's a lot of Brendans and Brandons. But we have a Brendan, right? Yes, fantastic. <laughs> I get real
2: messed up because because Brendan Yuri Uh-huh. And then Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Oh, see I don't
1: really care about him. Oh, but they're sort of similar vibe. No one is a similar vibe to, to Brendan, Brendan Urie. I agree. He's You're a right. god among men. That's true. Yeah. We recently went to see Panic at the disco. And I would say life-changing experience, despite it being our second time. Yeah, we've seen him twice, and then we saw him in Kinky Boots. Yes, we saw him also on Broadway. Yes, Uh, sitting, like, third row. (laughs) Do you think that if this podcast gets so popular, we could have him as a guest? And should should that now be our only goal? Why don't we have him as a guest now? Because he's not going to come on. Are you kidding
2: me? Get a booker.
1: Get a booker. Are you kidding me? This guy is a goddamn idol. He's a sex god. Okay, well, now he probably won't come on. (laughs) Because I've made him feel uncomfortable. Because it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, come
2: on our show so we can sexually harass you.
1: Well, I think that was how a lot of Hollywood
2: used to work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually would like to talk to him. There are some famous people and people that I like, but I don't think I would want to have them as guests.
1: No, I don't want to meet any of my idols, to be honest. It's very nerve-wracking. So we
2: bonded initially, me and Allison. One of our first bonding things was our love of pop punk. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting here going, why do these two girls seem to love uh, bands from high school uh, when they are nearing 30 in their 30s? uh, Shut the fuck up. Uh, Those bands are great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would be fine with no new music. Well, I want new music from those bands Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure But I don't need any new artists in my life Oh, I agree Let's put a moratorium on new artists
2: (laughs) And the ones we already have Keep making music Keep cranking
1: them out Yeah, I agree well, unless it wasn't super clear what this show is. Oh, yeah. It's a variety show. We are going to answer a listener's question. We're going to dive into some tough topics. We're going to interview the one and only Miles McKenna of Internet Stardom. Internet, YouTube, uh, gender and sexuality star. Really good stuff. But a cutie. Very cute, yeah. But we shouldn't say that about our guests.
2: No, not cute, like, cute, like, oh, what a little cutie, you know? What do you think like is a sweetie. The
1: most explicitly we can describe a guest looks? Handsome. Pretty. Yeah. No, I think it's too far. I think we can only talk about their vibe. Okay. Uh, great, chill, great, chill vibe. Chill vibe. Yeah. Cool vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the inside that counts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> let's dive, you know what, let's dive right into our first segment. One of my favorites, international question. Hit it! International question! International question! International
2: question!
1: Nikki! Canada! Hey, a true international. Exactly. We take domestic questions, and I will still sing the song, but luckily for us, this was an international one. Okay, so Nikki's question is, quote, My partner and I are in a very happy, healthy, and loving relationship. Thanks for shoving that in my face. I know. Wow. What a brag. Okay. Should I risk losing that to allow us both to pursue our interests in other people? Or should I stick with what we have and let my relationship die slowly over time like all good monogamous relationships do?
2: God, I love this question. I love the way. What a it, burn. Oh, I love the way it was phrased. This is. Did I write this in my 20s? I know. God, it's so funny. This wasn't
1: the whole email, but basically she's asking about exploring polyamory. Oh. I mean, if, if that's a good idea, or if it's you think it's too risky. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> uh,
2: I I am uh, I've gone between being polyamorous and non-monogamous in my life. Um, polyamorous is multiple relationships. In, in my mind, it's when I've had you know multiple boyfriends or a girlfriend and a boyfriend, or multiple girlfriends or whatever. And then uh, non-monogamy to me is a bit more fluid and, and not all non-monogamous people are this way. Not all poly people are this way. But non-monogamy for me now is like one um, primary partner and then we can date around. So so open, open relationship basically is, is where I'm more at in terms of what I want. I used to date – Two people at a time sometimes. Uh, and that was tiring for me. Exhausting. Pretty exhausting.
1: And also a lot of scheduling.
2: Scheduling and also like uh, it really came down to like that their enjoyment of each other. And that was so rarely was the case where they liked each other. So I'm looking, I'm God, you know, I would love to find two people who both want to date me who like each other. <laughs> if we could just get that going. But um I go into all of my relationships fully honest about being non-monogamous um so i it is tough to when you're already in a relationship you know start approaching okay should we be open so Um, it
1: sounds like they've both they've both talked about it and they both have interest in it and now it's kind of just the decision of if they should actually do it or not
2: I always think you should. I think uh, I think it's – if it's something that you're doing – but again, you have to – it's like not all fun. You have to sit. You have to talk about it endlessly. You have to draw up. I mean I'm not joking. Like get a Google Doc. Draw up rules. Draw up boundaries. Here's what would hurt my feelings. Here's what I would be okay with you doing. What did those look like for you? It depends on the, the partner. But like a, a, a guy I was dating, we had a, a Google Doc. Where we would – it was like me saying, OK, I want – before you go on a date, I want to know their name and uh, and where you're going. And then he would – I would write that rule and then he would come in and be like – uh, if uh, if you hook up with someone, I would prefer there be no penetration, and I would be like, great. And then like I would go in and write a rule or whatever. And and the how long
1: was the document?
2: It was like one page. Oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> but like the but like the rules would be I imagine just hundreds, hundreds of, pages. of pages.
1: It's the Apple's terms and conditions.
2: <laughs> yeah, all, all
1: you're left able to do is touch pinkies by the end of yeah, it. Yeah,
2: everybody clicks accept, but they don't actually read it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was like uh and those could change like you had to sort of like if something would happen and it technically met the boundaries the other person wasn't in trouble but if the, if the other person was like actually you know what that wasn't chill for me then you can go oh, okay well live and learn and we change it but it really takes a lot of maturity it really takes a lot of communication it's it's paperwork like i'm not kidding like people are just like wow what a fun time you know free for all uh and it's like not in my experience i mean it's fun definitely but there is it's it is this thing that like really has to be defined especially if you're going into it already in a relationship mm-hmm. because it's a big change.
1: Do you think that a way to ease in would just be to bring a third person in and have the first experience together as a couple?
2: Yes, if you so if one of you is bisexual or if both of you are bisexual or you know if you're open to to that sort of thing, uh yeah, I think it's it's a good idea to um, bring someone else in, an even tinier step, and I—I I don't know that I've ever talked about this. I had a, a relationship where we would watch cam girls together. So oh. that person, is, so it's not porn because I mean it is, but it's like that person is real and interacting with us.
1: It's like a one-on-one viewing, or yeah, one-on-one. Oh, so like you're paying the cam pay girl the to cam just girl talk to you, to just
2: talk to us too. Interesting. And then so that was like. You know, non monogamy in the sense of like there's a third person there, but there's no risk. Like, right. Like, the person is once you close the laptop, they're gone. Like, mm-hmm. there's no feelings. There's no like person that is in your house. Like, it was a way to explore being, being, having another person involved without, you know, te- like testing the waters. And you get to pay a sex worker, which is always good for them. So it's like, you know... Helping the economy. Helping the their personal economy, <laughs> which I always support. Um,
1: but but do just... You th- what do you think happens, though, if, if they this couple tries it and one person finds out they like it and one person finds out they don't? You got to break up. You got to break up. Yeah.
2: But sometimes... Some couples, they really... They both are like, oh, this actually, like, is working out for us. Um, and it also... You can even just, like... Be like, okay, you can make out with people, mm-hmm. and then you just make out, and then, but you you have to st- I you, you have to, have to stick to it. No, <laughs> you can't make a rule that you're just gonna make out and then and then be like, whoops, a fingering happened. Well, right, because
1: like, there's still cheating within non-monogamy. There is, yes. If you break that's the boundary, don't realize,
2: yes. Even if you're non-monogamous, if you break a boundary or you lie, that's still cheating. So uh, people like. I think it's way more nuanced than people realize. Um, And I think there are couples that maybe even have done the cam girl thing and identify as monogamous Mm because they're like, well, that wasn't like I think there are so many shades of non monogamy, but people just see it as like we either fuck other people or we don't. But like, there's so many middle like middle grounds or whatever, even couples that like uh, will be like oh we're monogamous oh well like she can make out with girls it's like well then you're not monogamous <laughs> you know what I mean like but people I think there's such a stigma on on polyamory or non-monogamy that like we don't see the nuances
1: of it and probably so, a lot of couples don't tell people
2: oh they for sure don't Right. so like Nikki I think you don't have to fully jump into we're dating or fucking other people I think you can ease and be a little loosey goosey in, into it yeah, see if
1: it's for you and how, and if it changes your relationship dynamic or if it makes you guys stronger.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you might like, and I don't think that it's one or the other of like, we should just let this die slowly over time. Cause it seems like when you phrase it like that, you already know right. that you see monogamy as a prison. So. And you might not and, – and you might even realize that for you yourself, you just want to make out with people. Sometimes, like, I go through phases where I've, I've been in relationships where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to fuck other people. But then sometimes, like, I'm with someone and I'm like, I just want to, like, make out and then I want to go home.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like – and There's going to be phases. Yeah. And do you think that it's also possible for, like – Relationships to open and close and open and close. Yes,
2: I just want it's it's even just the thing of like having the option, right? So like I don't know, maybe I'll be with someone and I won't want to fuck someone else for like twenty years, and then right. you don't and feel then, trapped. Yes, but I know that if something happened, I could talk to them and I could ask, you know, permission, or I could, you know, tell them, oh, I'm made out with this person, and they wouldn't be like, we're done
1: forever. How dare you? You know what I mean? I. All I want is at one point for someone to scream, how dare you at me? (laughs) (laughs) That's when I know I've really made it. (laughs) And then they slap you or no? Oh, yeah. I've never been slapped. I could help you. No, thanks. I'd love to slap you. Honestly. I think I have when we did that BDSM video for BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah. But that was with a whip. Anyway, (laughs) if you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. International and national questions, welcome. Stick around after the break because we're going to do tough questions with Miles McKenna. And you don't want to miss it. Just us. Hey! With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice to text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories, Hi everyone, Allison here. new books for you to choose from all the books are good so you can't go wrong every aspect of the book of the month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers they have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment. And she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best it is right at my alley and I love it so much so if you want to take part in book of the month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month Go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough.
0: Just between us.
1: Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions. Welcome, Miles McKenna. Hey! Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me. I feel like I'm doing an ASMR video. This is like crazy.
2: Oh, why? Because <laughs> you're talking into a microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Do, do you not often? You often talk into microphones. No, I am from the
3: internet, so it's like oh, I yeah, do the thing it. where I just talk to a camera, you know, but not like a hello, you know. How yeah. do
1: you How do you pitch yourself? Are you a YouTuber?
3: Yeah, I say uh, I'm, like, a queer gender anarchist. I'm someone, yeah, who's just, like, spreading positivity in the LGBTQ world mm-hmm. online and also trying to be funny like everyone else.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, you know, there's the people that are like, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm an actor. I'm a filmmaker, blah, blah, blah. Do you like identify with YouTuber as a thing?
3: Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I think like social media influencers, is the proper like term nowadays. However, <laughs> I mean, if someone wants to give me coin to act like, yes, I'll be your actor. Like, right, yeah, don't worry like, about you it. In, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. You go and stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's, you're just like, send me where the money is and I'll go there.
3: I'm just like me. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, here smart. we are, you know?
2: <laughs>
1: So if we kinda of wanted to talk to you about like how you have used this platform because I think you have used YouTube in a way that is like, as you said, that spreads I positivity. Think, yeah, spreads positivity yeah. and spreads sort of like information and like kind of like talks about your own journey, but in a way for people who like maybe who haven't like met someone personally who's transitioned mm-hmm. or like don't really understand what that process is, you have been like so uh, transparent and vulnerable and what what has that been like for you? Yeah, I mean it's all been like by accident.
3: Like I started making YouTube videos <laughs> when I was eleven and I'm twenty three now. but I I had a heart
2: attack. <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs>
3: no, like over ten years, like I've been making videos and um, it wasn't until I started, you know Coming out and like yeah. dealing with that, just in a personal sense, not even like I'm gonna make a coming out video on YouTube. Uh, and it just didn't go well in my household, as it doesn't for some people. Mm-hmm. And I turned to the internet to just like find solace. And like looking back, it wasn't like I made a video like, guys, like I need to tell you something. Like, here's who I am. I made a video like, hey, I can't live in my house anymore because my parents suck. So mm-hmm. I'm now living on the couch of these people. And I was just wow. like, still, I was making like funny videos to like keep my spirits up and then also making videos. Uh, about me and my identity. And then it just resonated with a lot of people because a lot of other people's parents sucked. Did you
2: say in the video, I'm getting kicked out for being gay, like at that point?
3: No, I think my first video that I made, because I could never make queer content because it was a thing where I came out and then my parents were like, no. So then it's kind of that weird stage. You're like, okay, so can I... Can, Can I, I talk about this? How old, I how me? old like, are you? Uh, I was 18. Oh,
1: okay.
3: Uh, so I was like, I, like, but I was like a young 18. Like I was an only child, mm-hmm. and you know I was really dependent on my family. And then once I came out, it was like, like, and
1: like wow. their response was no.
3: Yeah, it was like a <laughs> solid no. So I was <gasps> That's like, okay. So wild.
1: Yeah. So I started but that making videos. To so many people.
3: For sure. And um, what I is think- your
1: relationship with them like now?
3: So like I haven't like talked to one of my parents in years. Like, wow. Like since I came out as queer, haven't talked to them. So. Like, never got to do, like, the rest of the coming out. Um And then my other parent is, like, really close with, makes an effort, calls me their son, is, like, down. Oh, that's So, it, great. like, took time, like, took a lot of time and, like, took a lot of communication. But, yeah, it wasn't easy. And, like, I had to leave the house because it was just, like,
1: can't. Are they still yeah. together?
3: Yes, they are. That is Whoa.
1: got to be very fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
3: But, yeah, so, I, I mean, I kind of resonate with a lot of kids because it wasn't, I think a lot of queer and trans coming outs are, like, and it's all good now. And, like, you could right. be good, too. I was like, uh-huh. no, it sucks. But, like, we got to be here together, you know? <laughs>
1: but I think that yeah. that's almost sometimes a more powerful message where it's, like, you can not have, like, the traditional happy ending and still be happy.
3: Exactly. Because,
1: like, sometimes I think some when things are portrayed as, like, too... Um, like fairy yeah, tale like a fairy or tale like, or, like, or, like, or like this is a thing that like I went through versus this is a thing I'm going through Exactly, it's like hard when you're in the thick of it to be like well how can I ever get there there's so yeah.
2: many people that go like well you should you have to come out and anytime I give advice about that I'm always like no 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 make sure that you are safe like mm-hmm. make sure that you know you're not like because I get it that's it's important but also I would be like you gotta like make sure that you're in a position where that's not gonna be so detrimental to your life, or it's not going to be, like, dangerous, make, dangerous, exactly, yeah.
3: Yeah, you got to pick and choose your battles, and it's, like, mm-hmm. even, too, like, when you come out, then it's, like, you have to guard a lot of your magic and who you are, because you don't want to change yourself, then, for someone else's love and affection, like, you know, yeah. in your family, because then you, it's explicit, like, I don't like you because you do this, I know. or because you're like this, so a lot of times, like, kids are starting to change themselves, and be like, okay, like, I, I'll, I'll I'll fit who you want me to be, mm-hmm. so I can get your support. But it's just not worth it.
1: Do you feel like you took on a lot of, like, internalized homophobia because of the way you were raised?
3: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think we we all do in many different aspects of it. But, yeah, for sure. And it wasn't until I found, like, my queer community and queer family that – then it's like, oh, it's great being an adult. It's great growing Because yeah. then you get to choose who you hang right. out with and what you do. I that
1: all the time. And
3: it's like, oh, it's not like you're coming out over and over again like you were when you were in high school. It's like, oh, no, I just, I'm, everyone's gay. So it's yeah. like, we're all fine. <laughs> like,
2: That's crazy. So you're making videos at 11. Yeah. Then you, then you, talked about this stuff online and then were people being supportive like were fans and like people watching being like oh my god was it like helpful to have all these outside people sort of watching this happen
3: yeah it was cool I remember um, I hit 100,000 subscribers in like the thick of like it not being cool in my household and I remember like no one cared that like I was like so excited I hit 100k (laughs) yeah I remember like no one cared and I was like these are 100,000 people that like can I curse on here yeah Yeah." yeah, yeah, yeah. that fuck with me like they fuck with me and like people that I live with don't right now
1: isn't that weird but 100,000
3: people that are Strangers like know this about me, like that you know, and but you don't like. want to like, no. know,
1: and they want to know you even more,
3: exactly. And
2: they're like proud of you and and they're excited, like when you hit milestones and stuff. Like yeah. transitioning in the public eye is like, did you feel that support? Like when you first because maybe you,
1: you started transitioning a few years after that, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I came out uh 2015 and then I started uh socially and publicly transitioning in like 2017.
1: So did it help that
2: there was already, like, this community online that was, like, down for you?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I threw my first, like, coming out as, like, non-binary and, like, doing the things and starting to, like, try to get on hormones and, like, do the name change and stuff, I went on my first uh, nationwide tour. And it was, like, so crazy because I was able to meet, like, so many other versions of myself in a way, like, kids who were in the beginning of coming out or kids who, like, couldn't come out. And, like, it's, like, oh, like, I've, it's just, Mm -hmm. like, crazy, like, seeing the impact of, like, a community where it's, like, whoa, like, I resonate with you, I resonate with you. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and having that support, it was really crazy. And, like, without that, I don't think I would have been able to, like, do as much as i did like internal work for myself of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm okay.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. like, yeah, I'm sure they would love to know that they helped you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Sure. So often we hear like, oh, you guys are helping me so much, but they help us all the time too. Yeah. To feel like, oh, I can talk about this. Like I should explore this more. I, sh- mm-hmm. I don't need to hide this part of myself from everybody. It's a two
3: way street of like validation where it's totally. like, I'm telling you stuff that I'm doing and you're like, whoa, I feel that like click like I resonate. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, someone clicked like they get it. Yeah. It's, it's two
1: way. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Definitely. And it's and I, I think there what there hasn't been a lot of representation or at least you know, like in traditional media. So someone was like, Why is everyone on YouTube queer or, or LGBTQ in some way? And I'm like, Well think about it. There's no <laughs> there's nowhere else that we can go. Yeah. And then also you like the first thing you do when you're questioned like I mean, you know, the first thing I did when I was like, oh, maybe I'm bisexual is just, like, Google bisexual Mm -hmm. and then, like, see what videos pop up. Yeah. They're not great. You have to be a little more specific. But, uh but it's porn guys uh, I was gonna say
1: well it could be maybe it is great but maybe yeah. not what you're looking <laughs> yeah, yeah. for
2: <laughs> and so like that's the only resource and I can't imagine I mean I think about like what I would have done if if I didn't have the internet at all like what I would have done to find community I guess you would move to San Francisco and figure it out but like, yeah. but like I, you know it was all looking at stuff on the internet and so I feel like these I meet these kids who are just like and I then I feel so old because they're like, oh, my God, in middle school when I was, like, figuring out if I was bisexual, like, I found your videos. And I'm like, shh, I'm only 30. Can we stop this? Please. <laughs> well, no, you know, it's crazy because, like, the
3: kids who are, like, young to, like, mid-teens today, their whole culture is being online. But, like, when I was starting YouTube, like, no one I knew in real life was making YouTube videos.
1: What was the difference sort of for you between coming out and, and then like coming out as trans? Again. Yeah. yeah having to like Oh start.
3: yeah. I mean that sucks. So like my first coming out was like not good at all. Like right. was just not cute. Like my first one of I was looking back on Twitter and I tweeted like, and this was even before I was like trying to be a YouTuber. YouTube is yeah. a job. Like I've just been making videos and like mm-hmm. putting stuff out there of myself to try A to, hobby. Yeah. A hobby. Um but yeah, no, I tweeted like, don't ever come out. <laughs> it's not worth it.
2: I saw that. Like, you posted that. Yeah. Which is so- so dark. What were the responses when you posted that?
3: Well, it's it wasn't many because no one was like watching me. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was only 15 people being like,
2: what? Or like
3: <laughs> that's not very like nice. And I'm like, it was having a hard time. Uh, but I remember after I first came out, like, I've been questioning my gender shit forever. Like, I was watching, like, T-Update videos when I was, like, 12 years old. Like, mm-hmm. it was always a thing. So I remember I came out as queer first because that's something you can test, right? It's like, okay, I held a girl's hand and I liked it. It's like, got it. I can test that. Right. But, like, being like, hey, we're going to, like, change my name and stuff, I can't really test without
1: What it will feel like if doing it feel right to you. Yeah, and, like, yeah.
3: telling everybody. Um, so I remember one of my first thoughts when it didn't go well was, like, well, I can never figure out gender shit because this didn't go well and I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Uh, so, so even yeah. when
1: you came out as queer, you kind of knew that, like, you yeah. weren't clear with your gender exactly. Yeah. Either. But it's like, yeah. we're going to
3: take steps at a time. Like, yeah. I'm going to cut that my hair. I'm going to get a girlfriend yeah. and then we're going to figure this out. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But I'm sure that also, like, you know, not just for other people, but for you as you're exploring it to not just like, dive in right away but like to make sure it made sense for you yeah oh and yeah.
2: publicly I think it's it's like this weird pressure to be like if I say anything publicly I have to be sure mm-hmm. like I can't I can't uh, say it on my channel and then take it back right
1: yeah except for me when I said I wasn't dating for seven months yeah you that did say that
2: <laughs> you did make a whole video about not dating for seven months and then fully backtracked on yeah, it yeah of course but yeah, yeah we got a lot yeah. of views oh my god <laughs>
3: and that's all that matters exactly <laughs>
2: But then, um, yeah, I mean, so even you saying that tweet about, like, looking back at that tweet and say, uh, that said, don't ever come out. It's not worth it. I don't think we see enough, narr- like, I don't think we see enough truthfulness about how hard that stuff is. Like, yeah. we were just talking it's about, so, like. Because
3: it's so vul- vulnerable, you know. Yeah. And it's hard to be like things aren't okay, I'm not okay. Like, when things really weren't okay, like, no one knew. You know what I mean? Like, my closest friends. Like, I was sleeping in my car some nights. Like, no one knew because I I wasn't going to say it. Like, I was embarrassed. And so you weren't
1: putting that stuff online?
3: No, no. Like, there's a lot of videos, like, my early videos um, where I started getting, like, like recognition on youtube it was like right after like i cut my hair and stuff i made a few videos that were just in the backseat of my car mm-hmm. and like never talked about it i was just like hey guys like it's miles like blah, 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 blah. Like at the time was my dead name and just like doing whatever videos and a lot of comments be, like why are you in your car and i just never would explain it it's like i couldn't go home that day <laughs> like, wow. i can't go home or like yeah. i couldn't talk about this stuff i couldn't make a jesus joke here like no i'm not no so your fam- yeah. your
2: family where is your family um orange county oh okay yeah uh like so yeah like that's funny that you brought up the jesus stuff because you do talk a lot on your <laughs> channel about jesus and satan <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. you is got that a problem
2: from your background no i'm just but fun- <laughs> it's just like a funny reoccurring theme yeah is that like from like a religious background or is that just uh, yeah funny more or less te- <laughs> i mean
3: like so one of my first my first ever coming out i was told like I, like, was asked whatever, and I was like, I like X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And one of my parents, like, hugged me, right? And they're like, I'll always love you. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, didn't expect that. And as they're holding me in their arms, they go, but you're still going to hell. So I started laughing, right? Because I was like, we can make jokes out of the yeah. gate. Like I was like, that's funny. Yeah. And then I was told, like, no, like this is this is serious like I'm I'm serious. And I love started, that
1: like, it was so ridiculous you assumed it was a joke.
3: I used to come home to pictures of Jesus being taped on my door and I'd be like, What is this? And yeah. I would be told, I thought you needed him today. But yeah. dead ass, like so serious. So I would make And
2: it's been incorporated into your content
1: a so lot. So I
3: make jokes about it because like that happens to so many kids and it's easier mm-hmm. to make a joke about it oh, and laugh totally. about it than be like, We all believe we're gonna burn in hell. Like, you know what I mean? So
1: Were you religious growing up?
3: Like, more or less, we never really went to church, but it was always, like, I was taught, like, this is a sin, God thinks it's okay, this is what's, like, going on, Um, but we never, I mean, like, for Easter and stuff, sometimes, it wasn't until I came out that all of a sudden, Jesus is a scapegoat, we're really afraid, LGBT is taking away my child, I'm gonna hold on to these ideologies I believed growing up, because that's, like, all I have. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times, I mean, people, they react poorly to things, especially in cases of coming out, because they are afraid, or they don't have all the information, so it's not, like gay is bad it's like all i've known is the gay kids that weren't out in my school the gay kids in the 80s you know like presumably my parents who Mm -hmm. were bullied in school i don't know any gay people who are successful i want the best for my child yeah they must be in a phase they must be doing this because they don't see it being portrayed in the media as something good So you
1: think it was coming out of like a protectiveness for you for sure that they didn't want you to have to like struggle with that
3: yeah i mean and also just like years of like homophobia from growing up and like the baby boomer age you know so it's just there's a lot that goes into it I think even as a child we're so quick to be like fuck my mom and dad but it's like (laughs) there's there's so many there's just so much ignorance there's so much empathy that needs to be had and that's Mm -hmm. like the biggest lesson I've learned especially from having a trans experience is seeing both sides of the coin being viewed as both sides of the coin and like just yeah having empathy because of it.
1: If you could give like your one piece of advice to to kids who are thinking of coming out, either you know with their sexuality or as trans, what what would that be? Oh man, just one. Um, you can give up to five. Yeah, give, okay, give damn. as much advice as give you can. Yeah, just fill the time. We want this to be a useful show. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um. Good luck, kids. Um. No. <laughs> yeah. I guess my advice would be. Like, it's so easy to get caught up in the now. It's so easy to be caught up in, like, I'm gonna be in this forever. Um, and whether it's you know you're having trouble in your home life which is like a really small like a really small pocket of people to your school life which again is really small to like your town that you just happen to be born into like Mm -hmm. there's so much going on like the the biggest lesson that I I learned early on was after like literally the week after I came out um, I traveled somewhere I just happened to have like tickets booked to like like out of my town and I went somewhere with like a bunch of queer people just happened it just like happened to be like I was going somewhere everyone happened to be queer and I was like whoa like no one here knows me no one here is like against me mm-hmm. and no one here knows my family or my story or anything and it's like there's so many other people out there there's so much life out there to live like It's not just this. Like, you will be fine no matter what the outcome. As long as you know who you are, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't know when, like, self-awareness became something to, like, mock and shun. Like, someone just being like, hey, I like this type of person. Or, hey, I think I like wearing these type of clothes, like, being perceived in this type of way. Like, why that's a no-no is so (laughs) weird. Like, being self-aware is really good. And if you're that, like, at a young age, that's so great. And you're going to learn so many coping skills early on from people being negative towards you. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm.
3: So Pretty
1: good. Yeah, I, I thought that was helpful. That's my advice.
2: <laughs> yeah, we just bring other people on who know more than
1: us and yeah. are more helpful than we, just we take could a, ever be. Backseat during this part, <laughs> but now I would love to ask you to join us in our next segment, hypothetical. Whoa! Just get ready for this bullshit. Is this a
3: game that I'm oh, not going to win? Oh, it's
1: yes, a game. It okay. Oh, it's a game. I'm going to give you a series of hypotheticals. You're going to give me your answer, and then I'm going to probably explain why you picked the wrong thing.
3: Okay. Shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So almost like real life. Yeah, the stakes are high. Okay, so our first segment within hypotheticals is, would you stay with this cheater? Okay, so here's the scenario, and then you tell me if you would stay with this cheater. Okay. Your significant other confesses to tickling their co-worker until they come at least once a week. Allison! (laughs) But swear it's just to help relieve stress, and has no romantic implications. Would you stay with this cheater?
3: I would not.
1: Why? Because
3: it's it's weekly. That's not even like a one time affair. <laughs> That's weekly. You are now a part of this person's like, like, w- like release. you're part of their like therapy in a sense. Like, no, this is it you're breaks. not
1: their significant other.
3: I'm it? not their significant other. No,
1: no, your, s- your significant, significant th- other is the one doing the tickling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's part of it. No. I think I misunderstood what you were saying. He's I'm not going to be emotionally involved. Yeah.
3: yeah, I'm not going to be with this person cuz yeah. it just breaks the contract of the release I did not sign up for you to be here with this man's
1: tickling. Yeah. Okay, but now that you're not with that person anymore, they can't tickle you anymore and then you spiral out of control. Wait, cuz so- it was your release as well. Wait, <laughs> they're a
2: master tickler. <laughs> oh my god. So these are the types of twists where you give an answer and then that's how you're always wrong.
1: Yeah, so once they leave, you know, your stress levels through the roof fuck. And, you,
2: and you can't find anyone else. No to one tickle else you. will
1: tickle you the way they tickled you. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so you're so you never come again. No, you've never you, you've never come ever again. I'm really sorry. Wow. Punk. I that was so wait a minute. Were they doing this at work? To the co worker, yeah. Where do they work? Um, subway.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: You know what that checks out? Eat fresh, Eat fresh. fresh. (laughs) fresh. Yeah, that checks
2: out. We will never be sponsored by Subway. (laughs) Great.
1: Let's move on to our next round of Would You Stay With This Cheater? Your significant other is addicted to Ambien, and one night wanders into your neighbor's house and has sleep sex with them. Would you stay with this cheater? Okay, hold on. Is the neighbor awake? Yeah. Okay. So And also your best friend. Allison! Shit. (laughs) Okay, and the neighbor...
2: And the neighbor... Does the neighbor know they're on Ambien? Or th- is the neighbor
1: also on Ambien? The neighbor is not on Ambien. Do mm-hmm.
2: they know that your but partner... But they are stoned out of their mind? Oh, yeah. <laughs> fine. Do they think... No, hold on. Do they think that your partner is on Ambien or they think,
1: wow, they just finally
2: came to me? Um, They, they just th- finally came to they me. They know <laughs> that
1: the- your partner is on Ambien, but halfway through the person wakes up and gets even more into it. <laughs> so it starts
2: rapey and then ends not rapey. Yeah. Okay. And they
1: tell you about it immediately? No no you you wake up and your partner is missing and so you go oh my god where is my partner so you you know go to your best friend so they can help you find them and then you see it happen you see them having sex yeah and they're both <laughs> screaming i love ambient <laughs> so Um, i would
3: not stay you wouldn't stay i wouldn't stay
1: okay but they move right into the neighbor's house that's um, gonna be awkward for you moving right out (laughs) you can't sell it's a it's a it's it's a a buyer's market No, we're both on the
3: lease they're they're figuring that out i'm leaving oh yeah we're both on the lease
1: okay well your credit score is in the dumpster
3: (laughs) well at least i'm not addicted to ambience so there's a happy ending
2: my credit score is in the dumpster and i'll never come again (laughs) what a sad story well, that's why you should stay with the
1: cheater. Oh my god. Yeah, why are you encouraging yeah, why is us the to moral stay? Always to stay. Yeah, really, you should think it about it. It like the biggest twist of all. Okay. This one is actually very important. Okay. Ready. This next one is a game called Are You an Asshole? Okay? Okay. okay. Your coworker is so annoying, you install a lock on your door to keep them out. But then one day they start to choke on a potato chip, and when they knock, you ignore it and they die. But to be fair, you didn't know they were choking on a potato chip at the time. Are you an asshole? No, I didn't know. <laughs> i didn't know
2: yeah i didn't know how often are I they think knocking on my absolutely you're an asshole no because Why? how often are they knocking on your door 15 all the time times a day right so they're the boy that cried wolf mm-hmm. and it's not my responsibility they shouldn't have knocked so much if they wanted to knock a time when it was important you know what i, I did not mention. you know
1: what i didn't mention family business so you're related to the person it was your sibling miles
2: doesn't know cpr it was your sibling yep <laughs> family business so, but you're still not an asshole. I think it's that person's fault. You don't
1: think that you would be racked with guilt? Of
2: course, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be my fault. Is that your opening at the eulogy? I'm not an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> the eulogy starts with perhaps if they hadn't knocked on my door 15 times a day, then they wouldn't be dead, and that's not my fault.
3: Hashtag, I'm not racked with guilt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not working with either of you anymore. <laughs> you think the answer is I'm an asshole? Absolutely. Why? Because I think I I'm, I'm I I I think that it's rude to ignore people. But oh. you had to put a lock on the door. You know what? They didn't respect your boundaries, and now they're dead. So Snaps. respect people's You're boundaries, right. or you die. Exactly. But the thing that sucks is they come back as a ghost and they haunt you. <laughs> and locks don't work on ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> are they?
2: If they're a ghost, are they a sixth sense type ghost where they're still choking? Like what they died of is still
1: ah uh, yeah. On like them? they're always constantly coughing. So they're even more annoying. Yeah. Wow. Sucks for you. Okay. Thank you so much for <laughs> joining us on this wonderful podcast. Miles, where can our listeners find you? They can
3: find me on YouTube.com slash Miles Instagram and Twitter, uh, the Miles McKenna.
1: Amazing. Everybody stay tuned for after the break when we get into topics with an ex. And this week we'll be talking about sexual shame. Mmm, caliente! (laughs) I don't want to be
2: here anymore.
1: just between us, it's time for Topics with an X. XXX, baby! That's actually perfect for the topic we will be discussing. Oh, finally. Because I say it every time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just, just been waiting for XXX to be relevant. Uh, I'm always waiting for XXX to be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, the general topic today is sort of sexual shame. You know, like, especially, I think, uh, the shame that comes with being a sexual person, especially if you're a woman. So...
2: I it's interesting that you called it sexual shame because I was thinking that it was slut shaming. But when I heard that it was the topic was sexual shame, it also made me think of the opposite, which is the way that we judge women for being prudish or we judge women for not wanting to do certain things.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I meant it more as like um, internalized shame that you can feel for being a sexual person.
2: But, yes, I think it's both, though. You can also – I know, yeah. like, women feel internalized shame for not being, uh, like, sexual enough or for, you know, not being, like, into certain things or whatever. Like, the pressure, you know, I think just a specific – like, I think there's – I'm so sorry to Allison's parents. I think there's, like, a pressure of, like, well, you're not going to, like – eat ass and do anal, but that's, like,
1: the big trendy thing right now. I was so concerned about why you apologized to my parents. Because I was about to say <laughs> eat ass. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna, like, reveal something horrible about me. Your parents
2: have heard enough of me talking about ass play. Okay? <laughs> um. I. But then, yeah, so, like, I think that goes, it goes both ways.
1: Well, I just, like, I think it's been an interesting time in, like, maybe the last five years, you know, where, like, we're reclaiming the word slut. Like, mm-hmm. we are strongly and vocally saying that like women enjoy sex just as much as men that they should not be shamed for it that there's this double standard right where like a guy won't date a girl that he has sex with on the first night but meanwhile he too had sex on the first night yeah and i think that like as far as we've come i think that still exists and i think there is still a lot of that happening Well, it's going to be
2: tough to untangle because we put a lot of the pressure on women to do the untangling when actually the issue lies with uh, men and societal
1: patriarchy. Are you telling me (laughs) that we're putting the blame on women when it's actually men and societal patriarchy? I know. Can you believe it?
2: Insert topic here. Yeah. <laughs> and it and It applies. Can you believe it? <laughs> At what point do you think I will have alienated everyone from this show? I feel alienated. No. no. I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely dealt with this. I went, you know, and it's been interesting being your friend and seeing you talk so openly about your sexuality and your sexual experiences. And it has been something that I have not felt comfortable talking about. No. And I still don't feel comfortable talking about it,
2: but you always say it's because your parents listen.
1: yeah, <laughs> it's because my parents – I think that that's now the final boundary Got or, the it. Fi- or the final hold up. Yeah, you know, but it started with a lot of like that's not like appropriate. like you don't want people to hear that. That's too private. That's not how I want people to view me. Will that change people's opinion about me? Why because you wanted
2: to be you wanted to be taken seriously as like a as like a I don't know, like a serious girl or something.
1: Yeah, I guess I wanted to be like marriage material, and ah. I was like worried that ah. that that's at odds with like being open about like your sexuality.
2: Yeah, because like, what if your husband listens to this show and is like, "Oh, Pete, my friends will think my girlfriend's a slut." Exactly. That's crazy, but I I don't think no, that no. I'm alone in no, that no 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 I mean I, I I'm not I don't mean crazy like your thing is wrong you're completely right that that's a thing that happens I just think that that's wild that that's still a thing yes but I think that's a valid fear of yours for sure thank you you uh, gotta date a guy who's gonna be like th- like jerking off to this podcast if your future husband is currently masturbating oh to this God. show I don't think you can marry him
1: I want to die. <laughs>
2: And I will fight him on that topic. Oh, my God. That's so gross. Okay. (laughs) Why? I assume many people are masturbating to this show. To a podcast? Yeah, why not? I
1: understand our YouTube (laughs) channel, but to a podcast seems a little nuts. Some people are auditory learners. Okay. (laughs) Auditory jerkers. Yeah.
2: I would like to propose that our fans, JBU fans, just be called auditory jerkers.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's see how many people will tweet that at us <laughs> and if we've started a movement. Great. But what, do you, like, what, what were you saying was the other type?
2: It's like um, uh, like if a person is in college and all their friends are like, oh, I was like raw dogging it last night or whatever the fuck people say. And then like, <laughs> and then like you, you are like, you know, either asexual or a virgin or you're like, you know, you don't, or you're just like a little bit more like monogamous or, or a little bit more like, you know, only into people that you're dating or whatever. Then like people like give you
1: a hard time. I've are, never like, felt that.
2: Really? I've never f- Oh, I had a friend in college who was a virgin and everyone was everyone was like like oh uh, when are you gonna you gotta do it when are you gonna do it even how they treat colton on the bachelor well, i was gonna
1: say i think what happened with colton's season of the bachelor was atrocious because the entire narrative was around his virginity right as and though that's, that's all that mattered and that there was something so wrong with him and, and he has him. to get rid of it and, and blah blah. blah. Like, all these conversations of mm-hmm. like you know are you okay with him being a virgin which and like fuck off it's crazy like, to me that like that's allowed on like uh on primetime tv <laughs> I just, I just think, like, I don't understand why it's
2: such a big deal. It's, like, so rude to be, like, as if it's, like, some sort of scarlet letter
1: that he wears. But I also think that our relationship in America with sex is so fucked up in that, like, like that can be on network, the talking about his virginity and how, like, mm-hmm. he needs to lose his virginity. But, like, God forbid we see a female nipple yeah I know and I just think that that is a huge part of why there's so much sexual shame yeah because like I just grew up not seeing women's bodies yeah like I didn't you know like all I would see is just like girls in bikinis on like in like music videos or whatever yeah. or, like on magazine covers I personally never really explored porn so I didn't see women's bodies there sure. and like I you know for like years was like well I have a I, my vagina's wrong yeah, because you know, like I didn't know what vaginas look like, or like what any you know, like what isn't not there is no normal vagina. You that I- there's such a, a huge range to it, and I used to feel so much shame that like, oh god, if I ever show this to anyone, they're gonna be like, yikes. You and I have talked about this because you were saying – because we go to the nude spa
2: together a lot. Yes, the Korean spa. The Korean spa. And you always say that you like going because you see all these different women's bodies and you don't ever get to see that and it, like, is so normalizing to you and you love it. And I was saying to you that I feel like I got that same experience from from dating women and being queer. Oh, absolutely. Because I just got – you know, starting at when I was first having sex with women, so when I was, like, 18, I I saw other vaginas. I saw, you know, I got to see other women's bodies. And so, like, I, you know, I knew that boobs were uh, – almost all of them are uh, uneven other than mine, which have been surgically altered. But <laughs> so, like, I just mean, like, you know, you, you – I had this thing where I already knew that all bodies looked different. But I think if you're a straight girl – you might not – or you're a woman who's never been with a woman. You might
1: not realize that. Oh, totally. And, like, even, like, let's say I see my friend changing. It's not appropriate for me to stare at my friend while she's changing. You know, I mean, so, like, if again, I'm – like, you know, so I never got to, like – What friend? Any friend. And, like, what, and like is there music playing? And you're, playing like, describing it. You're like, such well. a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really – I mean, I had, like – I had no – you know, point of reference other than like my own body. Right. And I think that that can be like so scary and so isolating.
2: Oh, it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be the case because then it's just like young girls think that there's only one way to look.
1: Yeah. And I also have had a journey with like being in different places in terms of how much of my body I want to expose. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've had periods where, like, I wear tighter clothes and I wear shorter dresses and I'm, like, down to show stuff off. And now, like, now, like, that doesn't, like, appeal to me. I don't, like, feel really like doing that or, like, I don't. Oh, the Ali Raz phase?
2: Yeah, the Ali <laughs> Raz phase. Or, like, Ali
1: Raz is Allison's uh, party alter ego. And, like, realizing that, like, I prefer to wear a one-piece bathing suit. Yeah. And, like, I honestly, f- like, a couple years ago, I felt, like, lame. Wearing a one piece bathing suit, really? like I felt like I couldn't, because it was kind of before it came back into fashion, and I was like, oh, "Well, I can't really do this. Everyone's gonna think I'm like ashamed of my body, or that I'm like some prude, or you know, something's you know,
2: weird." But uh, I just, I did. They're more comfortable. I'm a very, I get slut shamed a lot uh, on the internet, uh, and I have just stopped caring. I did a, I, I did a, uh, a video for BuzzFeed called uh, "Am I a Slut." Where I interviewed a bunch of people about if I was a slut, and it was strangers, uh, and and they were like, "No, of course not." And I was like, "Well, what? What if I w- was?" <laughs> like, who? You don't know me. Like, right. what? And they're like, "Well, you just don't look like. You just don't seem like." And I'm like, "Well, what is it? What do they look like or seem like?" And then I did a really fun interview with my mom where I asked her if she thought I was a slut. And she was like, I just think you're a very liberated person who has really taught me and everyone a lot about, like, women's empowerment, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, thank you so much. It's so
1: nice. And she was like, you're welcome, you slut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a good Karen dig. I know. It's a journey. And it's it's also, like, I'm so curious to see, like, how this next generation will grow up and if these girls will carry the same, like, shame that we did.
2: There's definitely still some. I see it. Like, there's definitely still some. And I think, uh, you know, I, th- I hear from other, like, young bisexuals that there is still a lot of, like, oh, you're going to be a hypersexual person. Like, you're bisexual. You're going to be, you know, this, this like, sluttiness uh, tied into bisexuality. Which, like, I always have to be like, look, am I slutty? Yes. Am I also bisexual? Of course. Are those uh, informed by each other? No, they just so happen to coexist and right. make my life amazing. But other <laughs> than that, but, like, they're not uh, tied together. But I think there still is an idea of, like, what a sexual person is and looks like and and what their characteristics are.
1: Yeah, like, that movie, like, What's Your Number? Where, like, the premise was that, like, if a woman sleeps with a certain amount of people, then she can't find a husband. Like, she has to have, like, found her husband by, like, number 20 or something, you know? And, like— Please. Yeah, that wasn't a great movie. I, I, but then they never, they never really say that about dudes. No, I think that they get the opposite. If dudes haven't slept with enough women, it's like, what's wrong with you? You're not a man. You're not a like. You can't. You know. You can't get women. You can't get laid. Like, do are you? Are you gay? Like, yeah. What we as a society want is just for men to have a lot of sex. But I always go with who, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? With, with With who? With women who will then die alone.
2: Yeah. Seems to
1: be the ideal situation for society.
2: Yeah. Like, what's that about? Nothing good. Because it's always like, oh, the men need to have a lot of sex. And then it's like, yeah, but then who are their partners? Oh, well, that, you know, the girl shouldn't give it up. And then it's like, well, but then who is he? Right. A peach? Like, in Call Me By Your Name?
1: (laughs) Who is he having sex with? I actually can't believe it's taken this many episodes for you to bring up Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> I think about it every day. I know you do. Okay, let's bring John in to rate the episode, our favorite part. So what do we think? What's the rating? Lay it on me.
4: I'm going to give it four out of five thumbs up.
1: Whoa, okay. So not your favorite
4: episode. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was so much drama
4: in there the was
2: others, you know? a
4: lot going on. There was a lot going on. No, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like... Four out of five is like you did great, but it wasn't like my favorite thing ever. Does that okay. sound bad?
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> From yeah, our own like, producer. People it doesn't are going to be listening can to I, this. I
4: can't give a half a thumbs. Up. Can I give? Yeah, half a Yeah, you can. Thumb? Yeah, sure. Four point
1: five. Four point five.
4: Okay, so let's let bring it up. we We bullied him into a four point five. If we can do four yeah. point, yeah, I you know I just want to be that person who's giving fives all the time. Got it. I'm gonna go four point five. Got it. That's how I really felt. What re- was your favorite part? Favorite part. Ooh. Uh, I kind of want. How do I do this? I kind of want to work backwards. Um from okay. what we just talked about with sexual shame, okay. um, so I totally agree about uh, men being more celebrated in it and
0: mm-hmm. there is
4: that whole pressure that like if a guy doesn't have enough sex, then there's something w- with them or whatever. but it does suck to hear it from the women's point of view like y'all can't win like no, we in can't. society's no. society's eyes like i've I've heard it before, but just to hear it again and what uh, other
2: favorite parts other
4: favorite parts uh miles being in here in general. Just yes, his story of coming out basically twice and coming out in the public eye like how fascinating and gripping and something i will never know and then i'm glad that he's able to share it with us
1: and he has such a great perspective on it
4: yeah, yeah. i mean very
2: I, like mature very like um what's the word like when you've gone through insightful yes you know what i mean yeah
4: incredibly mature i mean for being 23 and going through all that mm-hmm. and she, using youtube as his outlet to really you know, deal with everything. Yeah. Like that's that's a tricky balance, you know. Absolutely. That's
2: a thing I think a lot of young people have yeah. where they use YouTube as a way to be like, hey guys, you know, like just almost like the movie Eighth Grade.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he really kind of helped me bridge the gap between um, me feeling old about not understanding why, like, people can just get in front of a mic and talk on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then um, the perspective of like, oh, this is why I need to do it. You yeah, know? yes, yeah. to survive. Uh, that is always
1: like, right.
2: Yeah,
4: you I can finally never match understand it
1: up. the appeal a little bit more.
2: I do. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, yeah, still feel old, but I. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're all ancient.
2: Miles makes me feel young. That's why I keep him around. Oh,
4: that's
2: great, <laughs> Gabby. What What would you rate the episode? Uh, I actually would rate it five out of five. Wow. I I liked that we talked about polyamory. I liked uh, having Miles in. I always love queer people in. I always love queer topics. Um, and then uh, I thought that Miles' enjoyment of the hypotheticals was the exact right level of enjoyment you should have for hypotheticals. <laughs> oh,
4: <yeah.
2: laughs> you should be that delighted.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Miles was all in.
1: He was yeah. all in, and I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, what are you doing here? I would rate the episode 5 out of 5 on WikiFeed.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, Miles McKenna, for being a guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He composed our theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our executive
2: producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Rattle at M.A.S.T. Just Between Us is
1: a production of Stitcher.
0: Stitcher.